Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Symbol. Guys, we have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you can earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the nearly 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your deposit risk-free. Again, that's www.symbull.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. And join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. What's up, guys? It's late on Thursday night. I just had to see how that Cardinals-Packers game was going to end up, and I'll be damned if the Packers don't continue uh, with their lucky streak. I mean, all credit goes to them. They played an outstanding ball game being shorthanded uh, on offense, but, man, those lucky Packer moments kick in. A.J. Green probably think either A.J. Green either thought the Cardinals were running the ball or he thought the ball was going to the other side of the field because he's standing there practically trying to block Razul Douglas in the end zone and Razul Douglas picks it off with 12 seconds to go. Arizona loses their first of the year. The Packers win their seventh in a row. I mean, it just hits. For a veteran like A.J. Green to make a mistake like that, it's just it, the, the the marvels never cease when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. But screw the Packers. This is a Bears show, and we're talking about trying to rebound from last week's debacle, disaster, loss to the 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We had a great conversation last night with uh, Oscar Aparicio from the Better Rivals podcast, kind of detailing where the openings were for each team to uh, come away with a much-needed victory uh, this week. The Bears looking to snap a two-game uh, losing streak. The The 49ers looking to snap a four-game uh, losing streak. And uh, both teams needing a big, big win this Sunday that could kind of transform uh, their season. So, um, lots to talk about. We got keys to the game. We have uh, news and notes, and we have a special moment in the news and notes because today was the was a special anniversary in in Bears history. So, uh, let's go ahead and and dive right in and get this show underway. This is the Week Eight preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground Deep Dive. So let's get to it. Hang up the telly. You know, for as long as I can remember, eight has been my lucky number. I was born on March the 8th, so my lucky numbers are three and eight. Three was definitely not a lucky week for us. That was the beating that we took uh, up in Cleveland, despite it being the introduction of Justin Fields as our starting quarterback. I'm hoping that the fortune is reversed and that eight is a very lucky week for us here at Soldier Field or home at Soldier Field uh, against the 49ers. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, deep dive preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground, week number eight. And uh, after talking to Oscar uh, Aparicio from the Better Rivals podcast yesterday, uh, you can check that episode out. Uh, it is available now. Um, it usually happens that, that I go into a discussion uh, with our upcoming opponent dreading uh, the game for in one reason or another because I'm a pessimist because I expect the worst because more times than not, unfortunately, the Bears deliver uh, the worst, or at least they have more times than not under Nagy. That's for sure. But, um, you know, it, it just uh, – but but I also kind of walk away from these conversations with our guests and, uh, you know, feeling a, a bit better about our chances – uh, going in, I was like, I knew the 49ers were struggling. I knew that they had issues uh, with with Garoppolo. You know, is Trey Lance going to be healthy enough to play uh, on Sunday? But with our issues, especially after what we just went through on Sunday with the Buccaneers, and they have Nick Bosa, uh, you know, and 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 Eric Armstead, uh, you know, and everything else that they have, uh, I was just kind of dreading another, you know, beating up front. Uh, if the Bears are just going to keep leaving those tackles on an island for them to fend for themselves and, and expect results out of this offense, then we're in for another long afternoon uh, against the uh, 49ers. So I'm hoping that we don't do that. I'm hoping that we see more of what we saw in the Lions game, you know, it's like where we're keeping tight ends and maybe even Alex Bars comes in to play tight end if he's not our starting right tackle this week. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But, um, you know, just something to where we're protecting the quarterback, giving Justin Field time to scan the field, finding his open receivers downfield, because this will be the third week in a row that we go into a matchup where our guest from, you know, for the show previewing our upcoming opponent has said the secondary is decimated with injuries. So the 49ers are in the same spot, same as the Buccaneers and the Packers were uh, before them. We didn't challenge the Bucs or the Packers. I think that we should probably buck the trend and challenge 
the 49ers and see what happens. We didn't really even attempt to attack those secondaries. Uh, I mean, and the funny thing was with the Packer game, the secondary got worse as far as the depth chart as the game went along. They lost guys in that game, and we still dink and dunk here and there, attacking the middle of the field instead of attacking the edges and the outside uh, to see if we could get maybe a big play. So I would really like to see the Bears do the opposite this week and go after uh, this beleaguered secondary of the 49ers, see if we can't make something happen, see if we can't put some early points uh, on the board, or, or actually more importantly, see if we can't get something consistently going, kind of like we did against the uh, against the Lions. And granted, again, there's that qualifier. I know it was... The Lions, they're 0-7 and all that kind of stuff. You know, front runners for the number one pick in the draft and uh, and what have you. But it just you can't. It's you just saw what we did with the with the Lions. We looked like a competent, you know, NFL level offense in that football game, and we scored the most points we've scored all season, 24, and we won that game handily uh, against the Lions. And the 49ers are a better football team than the Detroit Lions, but they're um, a mediocre team. They're, they're, an, they're, a, they're an okay, they're a decent team. Those are the words of Oscar Aparicio. You know, there's like, they're not a great football team. They're, they're a good football team. They're an okay, they're okay right now. So they're, they're, they're not the special team that people thought they might be coming back full strength because they were ravaged by injuries in 2020 uh, and everything, not to mention with COVID and all the rest of that stuff. It just was not a good year for the 49ers. They were really looking forward to 2021 with um, you know getting everybody back, being back to full strength, having the team back together again, and having this dynamic talent at quarterback to look forward to uh, as well. So it's uh, it's an interesting football game that we have ahead of us. It's a winnable game, a very very winnable game. And despite it all, we are under we are home dogs going into this game. That is what you know Vegas and the odd makers and everything thinks of the Chicago Bears right now. So um, we need to come out and with an attack, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in keys to the game here. Uh, towards the end so let's go ahead and dive into news and notes uh, for this week week number eight and when I said we would talk about the right tackle position uh, saw a video posted online uh, today saw it in a few different places so I'm not sure what the what the origin was or who who should get credit for it but it was it was actually just a a short like maybe eight to ten second clip of uh, the offensive line uh, going through some reps and the headline of the clip was, well, there were two guys on the field we haven't seen on the field yet, one of which was pretending to be the quarterback, which was our second-round pick, Tevin Jenkins. So he's not exactly participating in practice, but he's on the field wearing number 76. But the headline was number 75, Larry Borum, was, was at right tackle with the ones in that particular uh, clip. He was on the field with the first-string Offense. So, I mean, does that mean that he's going to be our right tackle against the 49ers on Sunday? Based on that clip, it looks like that's what we're what we're looking forward to. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson is still on COVID protocol. He hasn't been released uh, from the uh, from the COVID list uh, just yet. Um, our rookie free agent um, Caleb Johnson has been. Um, but that's been it. No, no updates yet on Robert Quinn or Matt Nagy or, or Jimmy Graham as far as coming off of uh, that list thus far. So Elijah Wilkinson still wouldn't be coming back. 
um, based on how he played, uh, if Larry Borm isn't going to be our starting right tackle, I would think that um, Alex Bars uh, would be because he came in for the uh, grossly underprepared Lachavius Simmons. I mean, w- once that came out, I kind of felt bad for for giving Lachavius Simmons the the bear down. Uh, I think I demoted him to an honorable mention, but you know, I found out from uh, Jason Peters on uh, Monday or Tuesday of, of this week that. Uh, Lachavius Simmons didn't take a snap in practice at right tackle, and they threw him in as the starter against the world champs on like three hours' notice. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> just good old Nagy with the preparation, man. Gotta gotta really appreciate uh, gotta really appreciate that. But uh, Alex Bars having played that position or several others in 2020 while they reshuffled the line over and over again, went back in there, uh, and, you know, and was able to perform quite a bit better uh, than Simmons did. So I would think that at the very least, we're not trying to have the same mistakes happen again. Uh, God forbid, you know, Alex Bars is going to be our starter, and we were just looking at the reps that Larry Borum was getting uh, with the ones just in case. Uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're just preparing ourselves just in case uh, kind of thing that we're not throwing a guy in cold off the sidelines to run an offense he hasn't been practicing in uh, all week or is Larry Borm going to be our starting right tackle again uh, or our starting right tackle for the first time with Alex Bars maybe playing that extra lineman slash uh, motioning tight end that he was against the uh, against the Packers. But it was an interesting thing to see and, uh, you know, wondering if how and with and when we'll find out the answer probably won't be until the Bears take the field for their first offensive drive <laughs> to see who our starting right tackle is going to uh, B. So, but like I said, uh, Wilkinson's still on the COVID list. Uh, so is um, Matt Nagy. So is Robert Quinn. So is Jimmy Graham. No news yet on if and when they'll be coming off the, the list in time uh, to play the game and take part uh, on Sunday. So I guess that's something we'll find out maybe today on Friday or tomorrow on Saturday to, uh, to you know, answer those questions. Uh, speaking of people not playing, it's still not official yet. We talked about it a bit yesterday. Oscar and I talked about it a little bit during the, uh, the interview, but no official word has come down yet on Khalil Mack. Right now, it's still like insiders like Schefter and Rappaport and stuff like that saying, uh, you know, Khalil Mack is not likely to play Sunday. An IR stint is being discussed and so on uh, and so forth, but nothing from the Bears uh, just yet. Uh, I can tell you when we get to the injury report right here in a second, the only person who hasn't practiced of the guys on the list is Khalil Mack. So, uh, but he also did not practice last week or the week before and played against Green Bay and Tampa Bay. So uh, take that uh, for what you will. So uh, as far as I know, it's business as usual with Khalil Mack. He didn't practice either of the last two weeks with that foot injury, played on Sunday. We'll see what holds uh, this week um, and what the, what's going on uh, with that. So, uh, like I said, until I see, until I get official word from the Bears themselves, I'm not going to get. I mean, we're going to miss Qu- uh, Mac. No, no, no doubt. Even if we do get Robert Quinn back, we will miss Khalil Mack while he's out. But you know, until he is officially out by the words of the Chicago Bears, I'm not actually going to worry about it too much. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll deal with the, 
you know, the, the the thoughts and the fears and such that come with the prospect of him not playing. But, uh, you know, until it's real, it's not real. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed with that and uh, hope and pray that uh, Khalil will uh, gut it out on Sunday like he has been uh, all year. So, speaking of uh, Matt Nagy, read an interesting article, I think it was yesterday or last night, from our good friend from Sports Mockery, Eric Lambert, saying that the, the NFL has just given the Bears incentive, you know, like uh, a competitive incentive to fire Matt Nagy midseason. And that incentive is that um, basically like if we were to let Nagy go, like say the Bears lose on Sunday, which is is just as possible as it isn't right now uh, going into this game. It really is kind of a pick em between the Bears and the 49ers. There's no one like, oh, pff, the 49ers, they definitely got this and vice versa. Neither is really 100% true. It really is a 50-50 kind of game uh, going into it. But um you know, like if I was a gambler, I'm staying as far away from this game as humanly possible because it could, it really could go either way. But um, say, for instance, the Bears lose the game uh, on Sunday. Good, bad, indifferent, no matter how it turns out. But we're 3-5 and five, uh, pretty much at the halfway point of the season with the prospect of going on to the road uh, against the Steelers on national television uh, Monday night football next week. And let's just say for shits and giggles, we lose that one too. We're three and six going into the bye. the bears cut Nagy loose during the bye week. It would be the first time ever in franchise history that we fire a coach in season. And the incentive is that the bears would actually be able to begin interviewing with their coach, you know, start their coaching search right away. And they could interview head coaching prospects during the regular season because of, uh, you know, and it's almost like a thank God for COVID thing because because of COVID, the, you know, everything became a virtual meeting, Zoom meeting this, Zoom meeting that, and you could have a Zoom interview with a head coaching candidate during the week. Like, say we want to interview uh, Brian Dabble from the, is he with the Ravens or the Bills? Either way, I believe it's the Bills. Um, say we want to interview Brian Dabble for our head coaching uh, position. We can interview him like on the Bills off day in the last two weeks of the regular season. So we could have a brand new head coach on Black Monday instead of that being the day that we fire Matt Nagy. That could be the day that we hire Brian Dabble and then let him go finish his playoff run with the Bills. And then when he's done, he can take over the mantle as head coach of the bears or whoever else the bears might be interested in. It's, it's something that could actually be done by the regular season. So you've got a day one head coach when the off season starts. So the bears have never really had an incentive before to do something like that. And the NFL basically just handed them one. So, I mean, if the temperature on Nagy seat wasn't hot, it's, uh, it's sizzling them buns now for sure because the Bears actually have a competitive incentive to, to uh, drop Nagy midseason if they don't like the way that things are going and they want to get that coaching search and everything underway as quickly uh, as humanly possible to gain a competitive advantage over everybody else who's going to be looking for a coach next season. So 
Um, you know, like I said, I as much as I want the Bears to get rid of Nagy, that means we got to keep losing. I don't want the Bears to keep losing. You know, it's it's a catch twenty two to me. Nagy getting fired is a silver lining of us losing. I want the Bears to win. Period. I want to see my team win. I know this team is good enough to win. Win a championship? No, definitely not. But be competitive and play a hell of a lot better. It's like when we were talking to Oscar uh, last night. I said that, uh, you know, it's one thing for us to be three and four. Looking at the schedule, that's pretty much where I thought the Bears might be right about now. Three and four, maybe four and three. Uh, you know, something somewhere in that area. I didn't think it would be, you know, I didn't, I thought we'd be much further along as a team at this point, regardless of who the quarterback was, whether it was Dalton, we had already surrendered the ball to fields uh, at this point. I just didn't think that we would be, uh, you know, like in the, that three and four team that's ranked last out of all the three and four teams. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, we're, we're not a good looking football team right now. There is little to no faith that we can win football games. We've got a team on a four game losing streak coming out from the West Coast to the Midwest on the two hour time difference. The 49ers are basically playing a 10 a.m. road game on Sunday, and they're the favorites to win in Chicago. That's where the faith in the Bears is at right now. You know, never mind home field advantage. We're playing against West Coast teams. When West Coast teams have to make the Midwest or East Coast jump, they, those things don't usually go very well because of the jet lag, because of the time difference, because they're essentially playing a 10 a.m. game uh, and whatnot. It's just not a, uh, a a good advantage for them. They're just not – something's not right. They They lose those games more than they win, and yet – the 49ers are favored by like four to beat the Bears on Sunday. So, you know, it's a bad-looking football team, regardless of our record or wherever you thought the Bears would be. You didn't – I didn't think that we would look like an incompetent mess that would be lucky to be three and four uh, at this point uh, in the season. So that's where, um, you know, this kind of comes – that you know, if we lose the game on Sunday to the 49ers, maybe pull the trigger then uh, because this was just announced. And like I said, this is an incentive for the Bears to do it because then they can get a jump start on the uh, coaching search. They can get first in line to start talking to some of these candidates and uh, you know start evaluating them and, and talk to them. It's like week 17 and 18 is when they could start talking to these teams or to these, these, uh, these coaches to see about interviewing them and bringing them into the building and or not bringing them in men, but, you know, talking to them, see if they're a good fit for the organization so the Bears can move forward. But, uh, you know, that's a, that's a hell of an incentive for the Bears to have and uh, definitely one that's worth using to break precedent of not firing a coach midseason. So, um, you know, keep your eyes uh, on that one. And uh, let's do the injury report uh, real quick, and then we'll move on to that uh, – I, I got a little something special for you guys uh, today, but uh, you know, it, it just, uh, it's uh, like I said, the injury report is um, well optimistic for the most part, because there are a lot of guys on the list, but everybody's trending for the most part in the right direction. Uh, James Daniels with the knee, uh, Sam Kamara with the knee, Bilal Nichols with the knee, Allen Robinson with an ankle injury, J.P. Holtz with the quad, all full participants today. All were limited yesterday. Everybody is full participation 
uh, today. Tashawn Gibson uh, with the hip injury has been limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Akeem Hicks in his groin, limited Wednesday and Thursday. And the only one not practicing so far is Khalil Mack with that foot injury. So, I mean, everybody is trending in the right direction, except unfortunately for Khalil, who is uh, the same as he's, as he's been. And despite not practicing the last few weeks, he's played anyway. So, like I said, until I hear from the Bears that he's out, I'm kind of counting on him to be there until a final decision uh, is made. But, you know, team's a little banged up. Uh, oh, I forgot about Jakeem Grant, also limited with an ankle yesterday was full participation today on Thursday. So we seem to be, you know, as healthy as you can be at this point in the season, trending in the right direction, maybe start to trim some of these names off the list and get it down to like maybe having two or three guys uh, on this uh, on this list. But, um, you know, the injury report is looking good, except for the ones that aren't looking good, you know, like Khalil Mack or Akeem Hicks. Those are the ones you have to hold your breath about. And everybody else is, uh, you know, somebody that uh, will – have to manage but uh with Khalil or with Akeem missing the game we definitely need those guys back and there was a huge void the in the game uh against the Buccaneers last week with no Quinn and no uh Hicks that left Khalil out on an island so he was very ineffective last week and the thing that bothered me most about that was you know you see it all over Twitter that uh Werfs who uh the right tackle for the Buccaneers who Khalil Max smacked around like a you know like you wouldn't believe last year in that Thursday night ball game talking about how he owns Mac. He owns Mac. He owns Mac. It's like, well, he had a lot of help. Number one. Uh, and number two, there was nobody else for the Buccaneers to worry about. So they focused all their attention on Khalil Mack. So of course it wasn't that hard to shut him down when everybody's trying to pay attention to him. So did he really own Khalil? Probably not, but Yeah. I know that Khalil Mack didn't register much of anything statistically against the Buccaneers, but no Robert Quinn, no Akeem Hicks. He didn't have a lot of help to where any that you know somebody else could distract uh, distract some attention away from him. But so let's end the news and notes on a on a high note. Uh, Thursday night, October the twenty eighth, uh, is a, an anniversary. Two thousand and one, so twenty years ago today. The Chicago Bears and uh, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, ironically, um, thanks to Mike Brown, one of the most historic moments in Chicago Bear history. Check it out. In the backfield, Beasley in motion. Short set, quick throw, slant. Oh, he's going to be Like I said, October 28th, 2001, the 5 and 1 Bears and I think the I think they were 5 and 1 or like 4 and 2 49ers. It was a pretty big matchup at the time. The Bears lost the opening game of the year to the defending world champion Ravens had won 5 straight going into that one and it was a football game that from the beginning really wasn't going our way. The 49ers pretty much dominated 
uh, the the game. And then with I think we were down like 15 in the fourth quarter. The Bears came back to uh, to tie it up and send it into overtime. The 49ers win the toss and literally like the first second play of the game uh, of of overtime. Jeff Garcia throws one across the middle to Terrell Owens, who was at the height of his powers in 2001. But here comes Erlacher bearing down on him, no pun intended. And uh, Terrell saw him coming, felt him coming, heard him coming. He short arms it. The ball bounces right off of Owens' hands as Erlacher buries Owens into the ground. And who's there to scoop it up in the midair for the interception? But Mike Brown, who uh, twists and turns his way 32 yards for the touchdown. Uh, for one of the most epic moments to ever take place in Soldier Field and a historic season in Soldier Field because that was the last year of the old Soldier Field, the one that Walter Payton and so many other Bear greats had played in, the one that the Bears won you know, Super Bowl twenty uh, in or at least won the right to go to Super Bowl twenty in uh, back in 85 uh, and everything. That was the year uh, before they tore it down. So I was like, I mean, it was a crazy series of events that led up to that to that game ending, and then Mike Brown for the encore did it again a week later against the Cleveland uh, Browns. Same situation, late comeback, uh, early like second third play of overtime. Brian Robinson bats a Tim Couch pass up into the air, and who's just happens to be there before it touches the ground, but Mike Brown who runs it in for a second walk off touchdown in in consecutive weeks. So. But 20 years ago today, October 28, 2001, the uh, the Bears in that magical moment uh, in Soldier Field, thanks to Mike Brown, Johnny on the spot, like he was so many times early on uh, in his career. You know, it's like God cursed the uh, the football gods for uh, for ravaging his for ruining his career with injuries. Um, you know, he was he was definitely on a Hall of Fame uh, trajectory before. Uh, he had to succumb to to all those uh, injuries, man. It was it was awful, you know, that he wasn't part of the team in well, he was part of the team, but he was not on the team in 2006 when we went to the Super Bowl. We lost him early in that year. Uh, he had that broken foot against Arizona. We lost him week one against the Chargers next year in 2007 uh, and everything. We lost him for the playoff run uh, in 2005. He had like a nasty calf strain or something like that. That uh, you know, we lost him for most of the uh, most of the back half of that season. He tried to play against Carolina, but he wasn't a hundred percent, so he was pretty ineffective uh, in that game. The year before, in two thousand four, Lovey's first year suffers an Achilles injury early in the year against the Packers. I mean, it was just one after another uh, after that. And and Mike Brown, it 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 happened to coincide, but Mike Brown wasn't one of those guys. That, you know, like, yes, he, he got hurt after he got paid, but it wasn't because he started slacking or he wasn't working. Mike Brown was really one of those guys that just was unlucky. You know, it just it was his destiny not to be one of the all time greats, I guess, or at least to have an all time great resume ruined by by injuries. You know, like he, he's one of the biggest what ifs in Bears history, along with a guy like Kyle Long, because I remember when I had Olin Krutz on the show that was the comparison that I made was like how sad to see Kyle Long kind of you know at the time we thought his career was over um but uh 
you know, it, it reminded me a lot of what happened to Mike Brown. Like, at, you know, as a rookie in his first contract, the guy was a monster. One of the league's best regarded as somebody who could be one of the next Bear Hall of Famers. And then injuries come into the equation and just ruin, like, the second half of, of his career, basically. And uh, cut a, a very promising possible Super Bowl, or excuse me, Hall of Fame career uh, years short because of it. So... And, uh, you know, Olin agreed with me at the time. And, you know, he thinks very highly of Mike Brown, as most of those guys who play with him do. And as we as Bear fans still adore Mike Brown to this day because it's such a bittersweet thing for him. He provided so many highlights in such a short period uh, of time before injuries kind of, you know, took it all away from him. But today was the 20-year anniversary of one of the more uh, special moments in Bear history, uh, special period in the career uh, of Mike Brown. And um, it's one of those where were you games uh, for the Bears, you know, because I was just texting with the, with my best friend a few hours ago during the Packer game that, um, you know, when I saw that today was the 20-year anniversary of that highlight, he and I were going back and forth kind of remembering that day. I was away at school at Western Illinois at the time, and he was visiting me that particular weekend. We decided to go out and watch the game at a sports bar. But when the Bears were down like 33 to 19 or whatever it was, we're like, oh, well, it's the fourth quarter. Let's just head back to the dorm. And we got back to my dorm just in time to watch the comeback. We turned the game on. The Bears scored. They get the ball back. They score again. They tie it to send it to overtime. And then bing, bing, bang, boom, Mike Brown, touchdown, Bears win. And just like that, it was like, wait a minute. It was like 31 to 16 a minute ago, and we just won the game 37 to 31. It's bananas. So it, it really is one of those where were you kind of moments uh, in Bears history. That's where I was. That's what I was doing that day. That's what I remember about that moment and. uh being lucky enough to have witnessed it live. So uh, that was pretty great. So we'll end news and notes on that. We'll take a step back for a moment, give ear to our sponsors, come back with keys to the game and wrap this thing up. <coughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, Spotify Green Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me at Club 34-7 and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast. I'll be hosting rooms every week. Uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in, let's have a conversation, let's talk bears, let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk-free. 
That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> Keys to the game for week number eight, Bears-Niners uh, this week at home against the against the Niners at Soldier Field. And, and really, the keys to the game, there, there are two. Two keys to the game that I have. Number one, protect Justin Fields. But that's number one. Number two, get after Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Sack the quarterback. Get after the passer. Get after whoever it is. If, you know, God forbid they put Trey Lance in there and he's back to throw, get after Trey Lance. If it's Jimmy Garoppolo, go back there and get him. Listening to, to Oscar Aparicio yesterday, it seems like, you know, we wouldn't want to get after uh, Garoppolo, maybe for some kind of mistakes. Uh, maybe send Alec Ogletree, or, or actually Roquan is an awesome uh, it a gap a gap blitzer. Uh, send him in there after Garoppolo. See if he can't disrupt the his throwing uh, trajectory. See if we can't get Eddie Jackson his first uh, interception since 2019. Um, that's not a joke, by the way. Um, it would be nice to see Eddie Jackson come down with one, and maybe maybe that's something that would help Eddie Jackson be Eddie Jackson again. Is for him to have a pick six. I know that was that was something that he did a couple of times last year that was stolen from him because of some penalties, and neither one of those penalties was really a penalty, and maybe that would have helped Eddie get some of his mojo back last year, but it's like he's been listening to what a shitty tackler he is for the last year, and he needs to do some Eddie Jackson stuff so that uh, we can talk about something else uh, when it comes to him. I'm sure that he would love to get a pick six or make an amazing interception so we could go back to talking about Eddie Jackson, the ball hawk, instead of Eddie Jackson, the guy that I would not trust with teaching a peewee kid how to tackle right now. So that's – but, like, those are the two main keys. Get after their passer, protect our passer. Uh, you know, disrupt Jimmy Garoppolo, protect Justin Fields, uh, you know, whether that be and, and mix it up. Let's see some play action. Let's see some 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 rollouts. Let's use the 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 athleticism that we have because we still look like we're running at times because it's Matt Nagy's offense. It still looks like at times we're still running the offense meant for Andy Dalton. Um you know, it still looks like we're doing that, that we're, we're still trying to run that that three-step, quick slant, West Coast, short-passing offense when we have a quarterback that's better served for play action, scan the field, find the guy, throw the ball deep. You know, not that we want to be throwing 50-yard passes on every single play, but we want to be challenging. I mean, and it's it's it actually couldn't be better for what we're facing these last several weeks. We didn't do it in the last two weeks with banged up secondaries for Tampa Bay and Green Bay. We want to do it this week for the 49ers, who, again, have a banged up secondary ravaged by injuries that if we can figure out how to push the ball down the field, that would open things up tremendously for us. Uh, on offense we're already running the ball fantastic and uh, you know we just need to exploit the opportunity to allow Justin Fields the the extra moment to uh, be able to find Mooney or Robinson or God forbid Demir Bird Marquise Goodwin or Cole Komet 
down the field uh, to, to get chunks and move the football, get some kind of offensive rhythm going so that we're consistently challenged the 49ers throughout the game. Not like the Packers game where we had two drives and then everything else was extremely forgettable slash frustrating beyond my mental capacity. So I would like to see us to consistently uh, move the football. Don't always have to get points. I mean, as much as we would all like to see the Bears break the scoreboard scoring points, I would really just rather see, oh, we had the ball for three minutes. We got a couple of first downs. We stalled out. We had to punt as opposed to two really great 10 to 12 play six minute drives that resulted in touchdowns and then everything else was three and out or five plays for minus three yards and things like that i would really like to see something consistent on the field uh throughout the football game as opposed to us being able to figure it out for two drives in a game and then everything else is chaos and incompetence so Protecting the passer, protecting Justin Fields so that uh, he has the time to find open receivers and to run the offense that best suits him is what's important. And then, you know, as I've been saying for the last two weeks, the key to victory for the Bears is forcing turnovers, getting takeaways, stealing possessions from our opponents. We didn't do that against Green Bay or Tampa Bay. We got to do it against the 49ers, and in talking to Oscar Aparicio last night, it really feels like that's something that could happen for us, especially if we do follow the first key of the game and get after Jimmy Garoppolo, attack the passer, go and get him with, with Khalil Mack, with Travis Gibson, with Robert Quinn, whoever it is, get to the passer. You know, attack the uh, attack this line of scrimmage, get after it. The 49ers can run the ball. We got to make sure that we're holding firm there uh, as well. But get after the passer. Anytime Garoppolo's back to throw, we need somebody in his face, disrupting his uh, passing lanes. Maybe f- get a hand in his face so the ball goes somewhere. You know in the area of where it was meant to go, but it just so happens to land in our hands instead of theirs. And we turn that into something exciting and awesome. So I would really like to be able to see that uh, on Sunday. And that's pretty much it, guys. I don't really have anything as far as, uh, you know, forget about the intangibles or stealing or, you know, trick plays or anything like that. The 49ers aren't a superior team to us. We're pretty much on even ground with them. So it's not like last week where I was talking about fake punts, onside kicks, fake field goals, uh, going forward on fourth down or whatever. That's what you do when you have to try to steal possessions against the team that is vastly better than you. That's what we were walking into last week. That's where you empty the playbook. You know, the, 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 the Lions did it last week with the Rams and like... 70 80 percent of that football game it was it was uh looking like the rams might be able to might drop one to the to the lions out there uh last week because the lions took no prisoners they threw the playbook at the rams and it kept them in the game for the most part before reality took in set in there at the end but you know the bears are not in that spot this week with the 49ers. They're not superior to us. We're really not superior uh, to them. We're, this is about an even a matchup as we're going to have at this point uh, in the season. So this is going to be one of those games, as you guys have heard me say a thousand times before, it's going to come down to whoever makes the fewest mistakes. 
So the 49ers lead the league in pass interference calls. Let's see if we can't get Justin Fields some time to throw it downfield to Allen Robinson and get one of those pass interference calls to get us down the field to Marquis could win or, or whatever to open things up uh, for us there to, to, to get us some yards that we didn't earn kind of thing. So we just play our game and I think we'll be able to come away with the win this week against the 49ers. So I really do think we'll win on Sunday. So I have a good, good feeling about this one next week on the road, Monday night against the Steelers. That one could get ugly, but we'll see. We'll see. So that's going to do it guys for the week, eight deep dive preview episode of the bears talk underground. Come back on Monday for bear up and bear down. How did this thing turn out? Did we pull off the win against the 49ers? Uh, or will I be calling for Matt Nagy's job yet again uh, if we blow this one and go three and five uh, against the Niners? So tune back in on Monday for Bear Up and Bear Down. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bear Stalk Underground. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.